Welcome to The Nooner Show, where we explore the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, but most of all, they're inspiring. Here are your hosts, Jackie Wallace and Gina Guccini. It's Nooner time. That's what they tell me. That's what they tell you. Did you turn your phone off? I did. Did you? All right. Yeah, I You're did. You're playing with... Stop checking your messages. We have a show to do. We have people here. I know. More important people than your phone. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, you're scrolling Instagram. <gasps> Busted. Wow. No, that's not it at all. Yeah. All right. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Wednesday. Yes. Uh, where do you fall in the birth order? Oh, I'm firstborn. Can't you tell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> it sure does. Well, you want to analyze it? No, I and just And I'm a Virgo, too. Oh, all right. To tap it off. I recently read an article about birth order, and I wondered just where you fell in that. And mm-hmm. do you think that that's something to be said about birth order? I, I was looking for that article, but then you stopped me and said, get off your phone. So oh. um, anyway, what do you think? Birth order. Do you think that's true? Oh, yeah, I definitely think it's true. Can I continue to look for my article? Well, go ahead. All right. Why didn't you read it? Before I we got here. Oh, it's going to be that kind of day. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Nooner Show. Where, Where's the in-house therapist when you need her? Where's the in-house therapist when you need her? No, but there's there's something to be, there's articles and a lot yeah. of studies about sibling birth order. And if you're the firstborn or the middle or, yeah. you know, the It's true. Sibling. It's really true. And honestly, I didn't notice it about myself being a firstborn, but raising three kids as a parent, how different I was as a parent with each one. And like the first one, you are full of anxieties and you want to do everything perfect. And I see it with Olivia too now. She's got her first one. And, and that's like, your daughter. Yes, Olivia's my daughter. And she's like that with Vincent, her son. It's like no doing this, no TV, no no blankets, no. I mean, there's just, it's all this anxiety and everything else, a million pictures. But things have changed since you've had children. Well, but the anxiety of a firstborn hasn't changed okay. because I was like that with Rocky. And I always tell Rocky that, you know, I, I thought I was a great mom with the first one. I was actually a terrible mom because I was nervous and mm-hmm. just wanted everything to be perfect and don't eat the dirt and don't touch the dust and don't get dirty. And then by the time John Paul came, there are no pictures of this kid. There's nothing. <laughs> so he's in in high school, goes viral. We're the only parents that don't have a video of it. I had to go buy a video of the, <laughs> the graduation because, and I only bought it because he went viral. <laughs> John Paul's with us in the studio today. Yeah. So as she's as she's telling Ripping these stories, him. right? Exactly. But He's with sitting Rocky, here. we have right. everything. And then Olivia's the middle child, and it was a little less with her, not as much, you know. So, and then by the time John Paul got around, it's like, oh. So these are the phone storage back then. The flip phones they only take <laughs> so many pictures. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're you're lucky they even had that. Yeah, right. 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 You know. They so. used they used up all the film with the yeah, first what? two. That's John Paul. Are you are you the firstborn? I am. Oh, I am. Okay. Yeah. So that's why we get along, and that's why we butt heads, probably. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, mm-hmm. that and the fact that you're just bossy. Oh, and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Uh, all right. I had a bossy lady over her house yesterday. It was Nora? Oh, our co-host from. Yeah, she's in town from St. Thomas, brought all the lovely weather with her. <laughs> Always good to catch up with her. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you notice the difference between 
your you and your sister? What would your well, your sister would be the youngest. There's no middle. Yeah, she is, and we're just fourteen months apart. So you know, mm. I don't know. I just wondered, just birth order. I had recently read an article about you know birth order. The here's the traits of the youngest child since John Paul is here: a risk taker, outgoing, dependent, persistent, fun loving, charming, easygoing, free spirited, and spoiled yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> ryan where do you fall in the order ryan is the lead guitarist of the band we're going to introduce him in a little bit but where do you fall in- i am the youngest my sister's oh, older you than are I the youngest. Ah, so these are the things that i just said are all risk taker outgoing dependent persistent fun loving charming easygoing free-spirited and spoiled well my my parents um would only go on the dependent one because I used to actually make my mom kind of mad because I wouldn't let her do my laundry or another stuff. Oh, she thought wow. I was hiding stuff in my pockets. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I can do my laundry, guys. I'm old enough. <laughs> but my sister will, she'll still like like steal makeup and stuff from my mom and stuff. So I did flip the script on that one. The rest of them, they, you know, jury's still out. Legit. Okay, then we have Anthony, the drummer. Now I'm going to say, and I don't know Anthony's family life other than the immediate one, but uh, I'm going to say you're the oldest. No? Youngest by a very, very long shot. Really? Really? Yeah. really? How interesting. All uh, three. About 10 years difference between me oh, and the oldest. Really? Okay, so that's interesting because the reason I said the oldest is because, like, you're so intense, which we're going to get into later today. Just like So, I'm uh, yes, I'm the youngest. My next closest sister is five years older than me, and I have two older sisters past her. Oh, wow. So I was a living doll. I had to, I had to, <laughs> not only depend, doll. I had to fight for survival. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in that case, too, you're kind of like an only child since everybody was older. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so here's some characteristics oh. of you. Mature, loyal, independent, confident, leader, cautious, curious, and sensitive. See, that hits the nail right on the head for me. It especially does? that last one. Mm-hmm. Sensitive? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't No, see I think it. I hold more traits with the uh, only child one than I do the youngest. Yeah, which, I think so too. Which would be because your sister's, your sister, all sibling yeah. sisters? Yeah. yeah. They're all so much older. You would be like the only child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like the, especially like leader. I mean, that's kind of your yeah. role. So yeah. we're going to get into all that. Well, that's interesting. And Jackie, finally, us, the firstborn, go-getter, responsible, role model, determined, Mm -hmm. rule follower, Uh, no, not, (laughs) hard worker, cautious, bossy, and timely. Mm. Mm. Anyway, moving on. Remember, that's you too. Oh, Oh, look at, she she dismisses that one. What? Okay, anyway, let's get to some business here. Let's get to the business. Okay, we have an exciting group of people here today, and we've actually had a couple of them, both John Paul Wallace and Ryan Haley, have been on the Nooner show before. We'll get to that. Separately, yeah. John Paul Wallace and your favorite band featuring Anthony Fiolik and Ryan Haley are taking the music industry by storm with their immaculate talent and unique delivery. The three passionate musicians who not only came together but fit together flawlessly, have been selling out shows, growing their fan base, and attracting the spotlight. They just performed at South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas, and absolutely crushed it. This young band brings the kind of maturity the music industry has longed for. What sets them apart is their synergy that creates an unforgettable experience on stage and on the record. They write and direct all their own music and bring immense skill 
paired with unmatched charisma that will not leave you indifferent. Today on the Nooner Show, these inspiring musicians will talk about their roles that contribute to the overall success of the band and how they blend inspiration, passion, and persistence on this very competitive road. Welcome to the Nooner Show, guys. Welcome to the Nooner Show, the three youngest children. Yeah, Yeah, the three youngest children. Oh my goodness, we're so excited to have you, and we have lots to talk about, lots to ask. Anthony, we're going to start with you today. You are the music director for the band. You're also the music director for a school? Yeah, well, percussion. I I do percussion instruction, which uh, has gone seasonal over the past few years, just being busier and busier. So let's start with, tell us about your role as a music director for the band. He's oh, yeah. also the drummer, too. And the yeah. drummer. Well, <laughs> I was getting to that. Okay. Um, yeah, it just kind of started up pretty sporadically out of nowhere. And uh, I've been in a lot of projects, in and out of things. And at first I thought, oh, it's just going to be kind of another one-off. You know, it's, I'll get picked up. We'll see what happens. Maybe it fizzles out. Maybe not. The intensity is unreal. So I <laughs> tend to dive headfirst into anything yeah. that I get involved in. Any project, if I can contribute to it, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to do as much as I can to improve. So uh, working with JP, it just started out the, I mean, he kind of dabbled with a few different artists combining different groups and seeing things. But for a minute, it was just me and JP. And it was incredible. It was a ton of fun. And it was kind of like a one-off. It was quick. It was a quick hit. And then it moved on, kind of fizzled out. And then it came back up with the three of us in different settings. Again, once it came back, I was like, all right, let's, let's see what we can turn this into. I want to, this is a different route doing the, it's funny, you kind of, stumbled over the genre that it is yeah because yeah it is it's a pop artist but the combination of the soul music the right live feel of a rock show the energy of a rock show right um, it's hard this is kind of been it it is hard to describe but it it didn't start that way it's kind of something that we were seeing how do we translate a pop show live and this is something we still kind of struggle with how did you decide how to do that listen practice redo Okay. Just everything. I'm fortunate now at a point where I can I can record a lot. Mm-hmm. I I constantly track and record and listen and listen back. And I'm very critical of anything that I'm involved with. I want to I want to maximize it. So I listen back. It's almost uh, a little bit obsessive how much I'll listen to things that I've been involved with. What What do you look for when you're listening to? to Is it like what I expect? Do like, I think, like from a fan point of view yeah. or from a drummer or music director's point of view uh, uh once upon a time from a drummer's point of view now more so from the listener okay is this what i think people will listen to i've been in bands and things that i've done just with people that were playing basically for ourselves and this is something i want people to appeal to i the ultimate goal is to really get this to be something that everyone wants to listen to and enjoy as much as I do. So how do you step outside? How do you make that transition from the drummer who's drumming and who's, you know, doing a great thing, doing, doing your thing to playing for the fans, not necessarily for what you're like. That's a great question. I think uh, that's where a lot of musicians screw up. It's hard to explain. And we've, I've, we've had a few songs where, I mean, it was right point in case. Uh, I would do this whole song. I'd listen back to it. It's like, this is, amazing this sounds incredible i'd put it together and just separate of listening to what i'm doing i knew my part was what i wanted it felt good live it felt good had energy listen back what were you thinking 
That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the what I was doing completely robbed the song of its feel. It the the energy would maybe feel more of a skip when it should have been a driving punch and just that I can't explain what the break in listening is. Uh just it's intrinsic. Yeah. Does that does that skill come with time and experience or is that something that you like somebody can learn? Somebody who's listening right now and getting into the music business, is that something they, you know, you can you go to school for that and learn it or is it just over time? I'm no expert. I just I just have a lot of time in the game, so I'd mm-hmm. like to say it's just with you know, doing it for a long time listening to I've I've done every genre of music. I've been in country bands. I've been in countless rock bands, prog rock bands, metal bands. And I've never been so analytical as I am with this. I think it's because it's such a different genre. I never met. If you ask me what genre do you think you'd be playing and enjoying the most? Pop was not at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. It was never going to be up there. What was at the top of your list? Oh, actually, prog rock. <laughs> which, which is what? Uh, overcomplicated rock music. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> so, is that better as a drummer? A like lot of nuances, a lot mm-hmm. of kind of finite things that only musicians really enjoy listening to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot of that's you know, uh, going through a, an album before where it was a lot of music that was really just for the musicians and the musicians doing it. Now it was really fun to work on something that's more for a, a vast audience, something that's more easily yeah. listenable, something you could show to anybody and they go, wow, that's that's a really good song. It's catchy. You know, these songs get stuck in your head all day. Yeah. Finding that, I mean, the songs are good. I, the songs are fantastic as JP sends them to me. Where my input's coming in is how do I make that translate live? Yeah. Because we've all seen the the pop artist play to a backing track on stage. Right. And if it's not a major artist playing a stadium, right. it kind of feels hollow. Yes. It feels like, you know, there's there's nothing there. Karaoke. So you, you put a band behind it and you never understand how much how hard it is to make that that transition, get that energy on stage. Yeah. Putting, you know, a guitar and drums next to a pop artist. Because you see that also you and you see like late shows have a pop mm-hmm. artist and they've got a live band behind them. You never think about how did they change the ensemble of that song to make this feel that way live and have that energy live. Right. And it takes a bit of work, but when you find it, it's, it is a completely different genre. That's where these rock elements, these soul elements kind of started to bubble up from. Right. And that's, if you look, we're still super green in this game, but over the shoot, look a year ago. But you guys are sort of paving this road. Yes. Because, I mean, who who else can you think of that you can say, well, you're sort of like this or sort of like that without combining yeah, different it's, influences? It, we don't really see anyone doing the game that we're doing right now. Right. This is a completely different, I mean, the, right now, every all the information I've used to kind of build this this live set, I've been taking from large bands that, do just that you know a pop artist that has uh you know has a drummer come on stage a bass player guitar player come on stage what are they using what are they running that's we're running a lot of the same actual equipment that they do Mm -hmm. we've gone out we've got all the we've got the software we've got all the media we've got the hardware and now we're able to apply it live and and then it just comes on our instrumentation and our uh our production of the song to get it get it where we need it Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, your live shows are, it's just hard to even describe. But I think where I realized 
how much you guys are building this like cult following was at the Blind Pig. Yeah. <laughs> when that show was such a cluster because of the Blind Pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so last minute and everything else and everything kept switching and it was packed with fans that knew the lyrics. Uh, I, that's when to me it was like, oh my God, they have a cult following. Yeah, These people, people that drove. followed us from, yeah. from quite a ways away to come see us play at a, an amazing show. And then yeah, uh, before we went on, we were talking about, you know, having the energy of somebody in front of you. And that show is the epitome of it. You know, the right. energy that the crowd gives to the stage goes right back to the crowd. I mean, that, that show felt like something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about Ryan's energy and what he yes. brings yes. as our Lord. lead guitarist. <laughs> yes. That is me. Oh, That's gosh. That's you. Yeah. You, you're another one that is just fits so well because, like, I know we, we've watched Anthony and Anthony just looks like he's having a blast all the time. And then when we watch you, you, you just are so into what you're doing that sometimes I, I think to myself, does he even know that there's a whole crowd here watching him? Not like usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it disappears after a little while. Yes. Yeah, so now you, your whole uh, background is all music too. I mean, yep. you graduated from Dime, mm -hmm. Detroit Institute of Music Education, right? So yep. tell us about the degree. Um, so my degree is in music performance for guitar. Uh, the initial degree path was commercial music performance, and it just says with a focus in guitar performance on my degree. Um, but yeah, I, I started um, with my, my collegiate path somewhere around 2017 and just kind of put my head down and, and used it as an opportunity to fall in love with the instrument and an opportunity to finally excel with this instrument in a place. Because like if you're in... in in bands as a younger kid or if you're in high school band it's not a whole lot of opportunities to yeah. excel as a guitarist because you know pick up a tuba dude come on we're in high school band <laughs> um but did you always do guitar uh so as much as i could it, okay. pretty much just trying to get band directors into some guitar tunes but i i had played tuba for four years in high school um and then i did marching tenor drums and was involved in the marching community for a, a little bit um but Throughout that and actually near to the end of it, I was I was actually sort of to cut some of those activities down, preparing for that audition season in 2017. Um, and luckily it went well, because yeah. if not, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> but I, from there, 2017 to about 2021, I was just just falling in love with the instrument, being around people who can show me, you know, beyond the influences I was able to come across on my own side and and obviously um, the instrument's in love with you because I, hope I, so. I mean, <laughs> watching you, it's just, oh my God, it's I hope incredible. So, it, it gets a little bit of abuse up there on a John Paul set. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's always some scratches that I'm like, oh, well, that one looks good. <laughs> that one, be so, with me. so you graduated from Dime and then you also teach, right? Yep. Yep. I teach private lessons um, at Axis Music Academy in, in Birmingham. And there I teach mostly guitar. I try to teach mostly guitar, but we do bass. I do drum kit. Um, and then music discovery for like younger kids, okay, uh, which is just trying to get them understanding what different instruments sound like and just music at a pretty baseline level. Um, and then I just do a little bit of theory and composition for like some high school students and some young adults that are getting into writing or somebody, you know, I have a couple students who are hoping to pursue music as a minor. So oh, okay. just kind of getting into some of the annoying notes on paper stuff before mm -hmm. it's homework. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of where my teaching life is. Okay. What do you notice is different being in this band from others that you've been in? I think the big part of it is that the, the where you start to find 
the gold, I would say, as a band. It's when each instrumentalist or each participant has a character on stage and in the music. So John Paul's character as a vocalist usually helps us understand the song, whether or not it's going to be like a slow, downbeat, kind of somber experience or whether or not it's going to be a happier, upbeat, brighter experience. And then from there, my character is more sprinkles. I'm not always playing big old chords or... I'm not always following as as intently as Anthony might be, but I'm there to do some crazy stuff on top. So we each have those roles that change kind of following what John Paul gives us as a vocalist. And that is being able to get that deep into how we all interact on a song is, is the opportunity that you get in this group that I don't think you get in other groups. That's so interesting because like when you think of a band like this, and we've interviewed a, a lot of different musicians, they don't step outside like I've never heard I've never heard him talk like that where, you know, there's so much um, analyzing, so much strategy that's going into this to deliver such an awesome show. Now, I want to ask you because you are you also have your own band yeah, and yep. um, you're the front person. You, you're the vocalist as well for your band. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Ursa Day. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm in a four piece uh, rock and roll band and I, I front and I play lead guitar all just music that I've written with um, a group of friends that I've played music with since right around that 2017, 2018 time and all throughout college. Now, were they were they also from Dime? Uh, one of them was my drummer. His name okay. is Cormac Egan. Um, and we actually met at Dime and went through a lot of performance classes with not enough coffee. And we, <laughs> we know each other really well now that a couple people have circled through the personnel and every time it's just me and Cormac kind of locked in. But yeah, it's been a, a pretty cool experience. We're still kind of of newer. We just released a, a EP called Habitat, which is available if people want to listen to it. Tell us about that. It was wonderful experience. I've done a little bit of recording when with when I was with Dime. I was able to record one song um, on a compilation album for students. So I had a, a tiny bit of experience, but being able to record kind of my own original music from the ground up was uh, very involved. There's all kind of, you know, straight from the amp or straight from the, the kit or straight from whatever. So who instrument. wrote the songs on, on this new album? I did. Okay. Yep, yep. All of them? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, we've got a couple um, coming on the next release that are a mixture of all of us, but mm-hmm. um, mostly I kind of come up with a demo, show it to the band, and then we kind of come together with it. Mm-hmm. What's but, the, what's like the controlling theme of the this album, like the songs? Um, they're mostly around trying to develop an artistic voice. And then I wrote a love song um, called Morning Light on the record that I've been working on on and off for a couple years now um, about my partner of about eight years now. So Aww. that was a that was a hallmark on that record for sure. Oh, it was a lot of fun. nice. Pretty proud of that one. All right, let's move on to the third in this. The third youngest. The third youngest. <laughs> the, the other young child, John Paul. Hey, hey, he is the front, the lead singer, and he's the one who had the vision to start this all off. I don't know about a vision. I just, I just be winging it and (laughs) sometimes it works out, you know, work with me, work with me. Yeah. How'd you come together? Yeah. So I, I've worked with both of these guys separately in the past. Anthony was introduced to me through Frankie Jason Turner, who's, you know, obviously really close to he's but he was on the show um, just a couple yeah, weeks ago. Just a couple sure. weeks ago. And then Ryan, I met at Dime. I remember I think the Nooner show yes. went to a Dime showcase yes, and I did. was like, oh, can I come? You know, and I, yeah. tagged, I just tagged along and I'll, I will never forget this as long as I live. It was yeah. Dime Underground. It was the stu- the like the student performance showcase. Yeah. And Ryan was fronting and performing Little Boy Blue. Yes. And dude, he went into the solo of that song yeah. and was like, 
like so like animated on stage and like <laughs> yeah. was just like doing this Ryan thing. And I literally, I don't think I had talked to anybody else the whole night. I was like, if they, if I do anything today, I got to like, I got to meet that guy. Okay. So I got to just stop you here. Ryan, it sounds like a few people do this to you because I heard about a South by story. We'll get to that later. <laughs> people in, that uh, really want to meet you after that oh, guitar solos. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Jeff Paul. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, so yeah, so that was the that was the whole thing, you know. And um, so I, I met Ryan, and then we had started playing. I think me and Anthony had played together first because I did a battle of the bands at Oakland in like 2018, mm-hmm. and right. I and they were like, you can't do it. And I, up to that point, I'd only performed solo, right? And uh, they were like, you can't perform solo. You need a band quote unquote. So I was like, what if I just get one other person? And they're like, then you can do it. I was like, bet. So I got in touch. So Anthony was drumming for Rocky at the time. Uh, and I was like, Hey, can I borrow him? And she's like, yeah. And so I talked to Anthony and at that time, dude, I, I, I remember the set list and the music was not that good. Uh, but it was like the, I mean, the performance, like obviously Anthony's performance was great, but the, the music we were doing at the time, it was like the first songs I had really worked on as originals. And, uh, it was just, I, I was so novice into it at that point, but we had played that one gig and then that was pretty much it. Um, and then when it came time, like maybe a year later, I was ready to like, okay, like really figure out, you know, a band setup. And Anthony knows this. I was very hesitant to do drums because like live drums can be so like overpowering and, you know, noise wise on stage. And I was like to admit it. I hate the sound of live drums. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And Anthony was like, no, I get that. But so the very first setup I ever had was it was myself on keys. I had Ryan on guitar and bass. And then I had my friend Brad Pringle on sax and my friend Kane Bradley uh, doing DJing with like he would just program in drums or whatever. Right. And we did that for probably about a year. I would say maybe a year. We did a write up leading into when everything shut down in the pandemic. And it was tough. Like, you know, we had some moments that were really cool and some moments that were just kind of bland, you know, and every time it was like, okay, we got to, you know, figure something else out. It was just constantly trying to improve. And then everything shut down. And uh, so I, we completely stepped away from that. And then it was like, it was getting into year two of the pandemic. And I was like, I want to do something. I was like doing Instagram lives all the time. And I was like, I want to do something a little more involved, like doing like a, like a live, like almost like a tiny desk style like mm-hmm. video concert thing. And mm-hmm. so that's when I got with Anthony and I was like, what would you think about doing like this video project just as a two piece? And I had bought this drum pad, uh, the SPDSX, which we still use. And at that time I was still did not want live drums. And I was like, but here's the, here's the crazy part. You're only use the drum pad, no real <laughs> drums, just the drum pad. And at first he was like, all right, let's do it. And then we ended up, and then our first gig was that we got on was, uh, La Pure days. I think they, I think, I don't remember if I reached out. I think they had reached out to me because we'd played it before. And it was like an hour and a half set. And Anthony was like, I really think, though, we should incorporate some live drums. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I haven't really done that. So uh, he talked me into it. And he was like, at first, it was like just like a kick and a snare and a hi-hat. Nothing crazy. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. And then uh, and then we decided we, we needed one more person. So I hit up Brian because we had played together a lot already. Um, and... And then it just turned into like when we once we started playing and rehearsing in Anthony's basement with the live kit and everything. And I was like, oh, no, this is sick. Like, this is crazy. This guy does know what he's doing. The whole time that I was trying to convince him on that, I was playing 
daily to make it sound good. And that's why I figured it out. I was like, okay, now I can push this case a little harder. <laughs> how do you, how do the three of you come together with the same level of commitment and passion and yeah. vision, vision and drive and fill in the adjective? How do you come together to have the same? Both of these guys, I feel like are, very much like there's been numerous times, especially on Ryan, where I've literally showed him something for the first time in rehearsal. I'm like, hey, can we learn this? And then he learns it and teaches it to me in the same rehearsal, you know? So like at first it was very much just kind of like we're picking up stuff and, you know, we're just working on this one, this set that we have coming up, you know, and it was on a show by show thing. And then I would say, I don't know when it flipped, maybe about a year ago. And it was actually, it was when we played New Way Bar with the Fruits, I think, the first time. I think that was really when it was like, yeah, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan just did the mind blown <laughs> yeah. thing. But um, but we played New Way Bar in Ferndale with the Fruits in December of 2021. It was like an energy I had never felt before on stage. Like the whole place was jumping and, and just yelling and, and it was like... It was like, whoa, like, okay, we really stumbled upon something here. You know, like we've been in, up until that point, every set was like, okay, these songs were good. These songs didn't Test really translate, try. you know? So, and then that was the first set we had where it was like the whole set top to bottom was like killer energy and the crowd responded so well that from that point, I feel like we were all hooked on it. We were all like, okay, we're like, we got something really, really cool here to build on. Yeah, I think you're right. That that show was a, a changing point where we stopped looking so much at just doing the songs as they were and starting to analyze how can we make these all have that that was the first time wow. when we really felt that crowd response and that's that was like the that that drive we've been looking for yeah we and finally got a taste of it yeah how do you for people who are listening today and who are whether it be business or it be a a, a startup or something not necessarily music and they are looking to take that leap. They're looking to go to go to the next level because in a short amount of time, you're saying 2021, John Paul, it's 2023. That's a really short amount of time right. to take that leap and to have the success and be in the venues that you've been in. So for back to my question, for someone who's listening today, no matter what their focus, how do you, what would be the piece of advice you'd give that person to go to that next level? No matter what their their talent is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're still like, obviously we're always chasing the next thing, you know? I mean, if, but I would say for us, I mean, we just, I, do you guys swear on here? Yeah. We eat a lot. We ate a lot of shit. I feel like, <laughs> to be honest, like we, like we, we played. Can we edit that out? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we like, we, we, yeah, <laughs> we played a lot of not favorable time slots and non-favorable, you know, venues and things like that. That was just like, it was a lot of gigs where when we got done, we we're like, it was, it was a paid rehearsal. That's all that was really, you know, it was like, this is not how that do you fun. But how do you accept that? Because a lot of people are, well, it's not worth my time, not necessarily musicians, but it's not worth my time. It's not worth my, my skill. It's not worth my whatever yeah. to do. How, how do you as a band or as an individual, all three of you, how do you, how do you deal with that? That it's not the prime job. One thing is that it gave us an opportunity to be a little bit more creative in those instances. So mm. it, I, you know, we would come off of a gig that it felt like one, maybe one of those paid rehearsal scenarios. And to me, that gave me an opportunity to 
try out different things over some other tunes that I might be a little bit more reserved to do in a bigger room. Mm -hmm. So we got to know each other a little bit more as musicians through those both being kind of, you know, playing with a little bit more frustration maybe than we would usually do. And then also having a bit more space to take some risks at those. And then when you take those risks, you get to know how we react to those risks and you develop a little bit more musically, I think. What gives you the confidence, all three of you, the confidence to take the risk? You know, I think, honestly, I feel like there we've had a handful of gigs where I feel like we had a little bit of angst that was like, we are good enough to be on a bigger stage. Like we, we, like we, I would say probably by this time last year, we started to feel like, okay, like we, we've got something special here. Like, I feel like we're doing something nobody else is doing to where when we were on stages, it was almost like a little bit of edge that was like we were playing our asses off because like and just bring coming with so much energy because it was like we'd like we're just like if there's five people here, all five of them are going to know that we should be on a bigger stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and that mm -hmm. like it was a little bit of angst, I think, uh, that has translated really even into this year, like some of the shows we had this year that, that had just a little bit of um, that kind of edge a, a little bit that I think we've been playing with. I, I think we're still taking our knocks. We're, we're new in the realm of things. We are, we're so fresh. I mean, we're still learning ourselves. One of the unique things about this group right now, we're a three piece, you know, we've dabbled in the idea of picking up more, but the core of it's going to be a three piece. And the, the big takeaway is to, I think how we work well together. There is not one stitch of ego in this group. And how does that how does that keep you so grounded? How like how do you stay grounded? Because you've had some great success. You've had some, you know, some aha moments or some, you know, really that could go to your head and say, Okay, we're at we've arrived. But how do you stay grounded enough to know that we're still that you say, Anthony, you say we're still we're still new, we're still green. Yeah. It takes a long time. I mean, we know we have something special, but we also know the industry well enough. I mean, we've all either been in the industry, studied the industry. We've all been kind of through the ringer a few times. It comes with who you know, and it takes a long time to meet those people and get those people to, you know, want to take a risk on you. Seldom do you ever make it out of the blue. I and mean, no one's, right. you know, the, the band that just starts up the most incredible band and then gets famous it doesn't happen. And it's not sustainable usually yeah, when it, it does. Yeah. You, you need to kind of take your knocks and, you know, we're, yeah, we've had some paid rehearsal shows where there was no one there. Nothing was going on. And but you guys still played like. It's a chance. You know, yeah. it's a shot to go do it. You know, even if it's a show that we think is going to be a dead end, go just have fun. I want to ask you something about, you said, you know, that it's the three, the core group the values, because I was just reading about like and going back to kind of what Gina said too, with like business or, you know, um, one of the things that they say in business is when you bring on partners, you, you, the, the myth is that you bring them on because they know something opposite. Like they have a skill that you don't have. And, and they're saying when you're, when you're forming partnerships, that's really not the right way to form partnerships. They say that, how you should look for partners is are your values aligned because it's not just about the skill set. Um, when when things go bad, it's your value systems that are aligned that are going to keep it going. So how do you guys feel like I, I'm I have you talked about your values or is it just like organic or just intrinsic or it, how does that work where you guys are aligned? I would say it comes pretty organically like it. it I don't want to say it happened upon it, but I, in the last, I would say like six to eight months, we've had a lot of rehearsals where 
someone like three songs in the rehearsals was like, man, I really needed this today. You know, like I feel like we we kind of just have that general like a genuine like this is a fun stress reliever as critical mm. as we are of the set. And as much as we're like every rehearsal, we're diving into something and trying to, you know, improve and trim the fat and all that. Every time we play something in rehearsal, like even in our rehearsal clips, you can hear someone's like, oh, that was crazy, dude. <laughs> the like, end of every single song. Yeah, we record. <laughs> like we record everything in rehearsal and there's always somebody at the end that's like, oh, dude, that was sick. Like, you know, so, like, so it's not just about the music. There's a support system, like a, a, a true friendship there. Yeah. What absolutely. about conflict? How do you address the conflict? Because in any time there's in a group, anybody, especially as you grow. Uh, right. What TBD. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, we, we'll no let you know. No one's conflicted yet. I mean, we were, able to, we were able to fly to Texas together and spend a, a few days in the house together. It was our first sleepover. Uh, yeah. <laughs> first, last, and only. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean. I it, heard it was a blast, it, it right? Was, it, like I said, the the big with the band, the worst thing is the ego, and the number one ego is either the front man or the guitar player. So I'm lucky to have two <laughs> people that are pretty humble. So, <laughs> you're, off, like, so you're off the hook on yeah. that case, right? If so you're like, waiting for them. We haven't had any problems yet, but I can tell you right now, it's not going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Ryan either. Yeah. We're well, willing I, to share a mic. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Anthony is the director, so he could put a kibosh on it if he yeah. sees yeah. anything yeah. happening. I might well, be. I might be the biggest ego. <laughs> well, is it? Isn't that where the whole uh, LSD came from? The lead singer disease? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To- I mean, JP does kind of have that when he doesn't unload his gear from the stage. I mean, I guess that's the conflict <laughs> we have. <laughs> I, I, like, I'll get off and I'll like immediately just start talking and I don't realize how long I've been talking and I'll be like, I gotta get my stuff. And then I turn Alleged- around and it's all gone. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Right. Somehow that happens with every front man I've ever had. <laughs> no, you're Amazing. networking, right? Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Let's talk about South by real quick, okay? Because I heard that was sort of like a uh, aha moment for you guys. Uh, so who wants to start? Ryan, when I, yeah. have you been to South by before? I have never. I've never actually been to it. That was my first prop. Well, that was my first proper music festival I've ever played at, and really only my second I've ever even attended. Okay. So I'm uh I'm opening up that that jar pretty fresh, but it was it was definitely life changing. I I told John Paul that since we've gotten back, I've not been able to sleep in. Like <laughs> I've just been it, being around that much produ- productivity put into action. You see all these bands that have been working so hard, all these industry people that have been working really hard to have a presence and to be heard. Um, paid off. It's, yeah. it's at that point those performances and those those moments are the gift at the end of the at the end of the vine, man. So I've I, it's made me start working my ass off. Honestly, that's that's great. Been the biggest thing for me. That's great. What about you, Jim Paul? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like that. I, I said it, I think a million times going into that, but that was the first time I'd ever traveled like over like flown anywhere with gear and you know for that type of a gig. And the whole time I was like, if we get there and all our stuff works and nothing gets broken on the plane, we'll kill it. Like, I I just know that. But I was like, it was super, super stressful. (laughs) Everything leading up to it, like all the videos of us, like, and even like when we got there, we like checked all our gear and everything. Like there was just, there was so much intensity. Like, I think, I don't think, I think all three of us, like that's the most intense we've ever felt before playing a show was just, it was a completely new environment, a completely new audience and everything was just, you and know, it's a different type of audience. Why don't you tell people what it is? Yeah. So South by Southwest is, is basically just where the entire music industry congregates 
for like a week out of the year. Like everybody from like you can run into someone who's just came to listen to music. And then the person that's right next to them sitting at the bar is like an A&R rep for some major label. Like it's like you never know who you're going to meet. And then there's someone who's a CEO of a multimillion dollar tech company that's like walking down the street. Like it's it's just like the whole it's just crazy the amount of people you meet there that are just doing this just wild stuff, you know? So there's definitely an added element of like, okay, we know what we're doing works in front of drunk people, you know, but it's like <laughs> in front of people who have seen a million bands and who like, this is their lives, you know, right. how, how is this going to translate? Like, like, is it going to be the same energy that we get back home playing in front of people? And, and also the added element of we're not in Michigan right now, we're in a new market. Like, you know, is it going to translate in front of people who are, you know, experiencing different things in different parts of the country and different parts of the world. And so after we played the very first night, we were all on this like crazy high. Like I, I it was like the energy we got back from everybody was so like, no, yeah, we were right. This is cool. Like, <laughs> this is crazy, you know? So it was definitely a big, I, I call it like a proof of concept because mm -hmm. like we'd been doing this thing and like, you know, we'd, we'd have moments kind of speed patches of improvement and, you know, where we'd realize something, something else would click and we'd get better and get better. And it was starting to click around here and then taking it somewhere else completely new in front of people who didn't really know us and, and it watching stamp it. stamp of confirmation. Yeah. Watching of it in real time work, you know, it yeah. was, it was definitely like, okay, no, we're on the right path. Now let's put the foot on the gas and double down on it, you know? Anthony, Anthony, yeah, what about you? How was your experience? Well, first of all, let me just say something. This is how dedicated Anthony is. It was his birthday, the day they <laughs> oh, flew stop. in. Birthdays aren't fun after Oh, come on. <laughs> well, but wait a minute. You and Ashley had plans to be in Chicago for your birthday, which nobody knew it was your birthday. You didn't tell anyone. They were going to a concert, and when this opportunity came up, they switched gears, didn't tell anybody it was their birthday, his birthday. And uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't until sorry to butt in, but yeah, we were booking flights and I like we were all at the end of rehearsal. I like had my computer pulled up and I was like, all right, I need everybody's name and date of birth. <laughs> and, and, I was, and the flights departing on like, I think it was 311. The flights departing on 311. And I was like, Anthony, what's your birthday? He's like, uh, 311. I was like, we're leaving on your birthday. And he's like, yeah, it's cool, though. Let's just do it. I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> Yeah, Texas sounded better than Chicago to me. And, uh, <laughs> Let's be honest, right? Uh, right. right. Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, we were supposed to be in Chicago that weekend to see a, an artist I like a lot, but uh, I, I couldn't turn down South by. I mean, I've never been to that. Okay. Uh, I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't understand the scale. I thought this was like a music festival, like section, like a, like a music festival. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a city that just shuts down for a music festival. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. So, um. When JP told me we had the opportunity to play uh, this, this amazing venue that's known for kickstarting artists, that gets us in front of the people. Like like I said earlier, the music industry is who you know. Right. Everyone who you want to know is there. Right. So there's one chance to go meet them, and I wasn't going to miss it. There was no way. Right. Um, and not, not only that, uh, I love the opportunity to play out of town, to get in front of new markets, to see new people. The more eyes that we can get on this music, the more ears we can get on it the better it spreads. You know, I, right. I truly, truly believe that this project is downright infectious. Yeah. It's just a matter of it taking off. Yeah. So we're working on it and we're working on it. And, uh, when we hit Midwest house that first night, man, it was, we were on 11. It was perfect. Everything went perfect. It was a great show, great response, great crowd. We met a lot of great people 
um, not only that, met so many incredible artists. Yeah. The people that are from our area that we never even heard of. Right. Strangely enough. But um, even the, the couple more nights we played, uh, just being out in front of those people was was incredible. And, you know, being in a new market, is it always feels different. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Amazing. Thank you for sharing your yeah. story and your insight. And we look forward to following you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. One little trivia question real quick. Okay. How well do you know your bandmate? Uh-oh. 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 So how well do you guys know Anthony? Let's ask. If, I know if, pretty well. You do? Didn't okay, even know it was so, my birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So who would Anthony say was the better drummer? John Bonham or Keith Moon? I know this because we've argued about it, but it's John Bottom for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd ten. Keith Moon was. Is a, that what you would I say? I love Keith Moon. He's okay. my favorite drummer in the world. So, Psychotic <laughs> drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So this is about Ryan. Who would Ryan say was the better guitarist, Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go SRV. I'd probably agree. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to figure it out. I mean, honestly, Ryan I, doesn't even know. <laughs> my first inclination, only because it's a little bit harder rock and roll, is Hendrix, and and I kind of probably spent a little bit more time. But that's that's splitting hairs, man. They're both pretty good. I would. That's hard to pick. Okay, all right. For John Paul, who do you think he would say was a better front person, Stevie Wonder or Elvis Presley? I'll go with Stevie. Uh, I would say Elvis because he kind of emulates it. <laughs> Doesn't dance know, as well. But. Yeah, I was gonna say I do more of like the the Stevie little uh, the head thing that he does, you know, where he just like kind of weaves his head kind of like a fish. I feel like I, I emulate that a little bit more. That's tough though. It's two different lanes. Your outfits though. Yeah. All right. yeah no, no, no. Sometimes I, I go a little Elvis with the outfits. <laughs> yeah. You're not far off a bejeweled jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a fine one I can afford, I'll be honest. All right. Yeah. So where What's the next game? Where's yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Where can people see you next? Um oh, this isn't airing. Yeah, so tune. Where yeah. oh let's do this. Social oh. media. How can people find you on social media? Let's start with that. Yeah, so everything you can stay up to date. Uh everything's pretty much at John Paul Wallace. Um and then you got Anthony and Ryan are both heavy on Instagram and Ryan's on Twitter as well. Um and Ryan's band also. Yep, Ursa Day. Yep, Ursa U R S A D A Y. Hey, spelling bee champ. Um, but yeah, so you can find us on, on all social media platforms, um, to stay up to date with stuff. Uh, the next gig would be as of right now is June 24th at the loving touch in Ferndale, uh, with the fruits again and with Ursa day. Yeah. That's going to be a super oh, fun yeah. lineup Very all in good. the family. Yeah. And if you're listening to this after June, they can go always find you on any social media platform right. and you'll have concerts or your music events this summer Absolutely. and well into the fall you're booked in that far in so. oh yeah all right before we go we have tossed our cookies and the prongs that are facing you is that fortune is meant for you Ooh. you are admired by many for your positive attitude on stage oh, wow do not allow people to dim your shine because they are blinded tell them to put some sunglasses on stage <laughs> <laughs> If you eat enough fortune cookies, anything is possible on stage. <laughs> Good to know. Be courageous on stage. Hey. Oh, there you go. Mine is your patience will bring you good things on stage. 
Nice. Very well, good. Well, thank you, Anthony, Ryan, and John Paul Wallace. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. It's so interesting. I I just can't wait to see what the future brings. Yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith and have a great week. 